0: In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing another lessons learned from a church shooting. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with the Sheepdog Church Security Academy, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, the 2012 Victory of the World Church Shooting. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This one is Genesis 6, verse 11, and it reads like this. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. A good verse for us today because this very likely was gang-on-gang violence that occurred during a funeral at a church, and it resulted in two people being shot. So definitely a good verse for us. So that is what we're gonna be discussing. Um, Before um, we go any further, please share this video with other people. Now, this is gonna be different. Um, Basically, we don't have a download for this one. So you may wanna take good notes, maybe listen to it a second time, watch it a second time, because there's definitely, the lessons learned are definitely something that you're gonna wanna keep in your hip pocket and ready should you have this kind of high-profile or high-risk event. So let's get into the details. Um, It was a Thursday afternoon, June 7, 2012. About 500 people had gathered at the old chapel of the Victory for the World Church near Stone Mountain in DeKalb County, Georgia, uh, for a funeral of a 19-year-old son of the church family. Several of his friends were there. This young man had died because of his criminal activities. About two weeks earlier, he had burglarized a home stealing jewelry and assaulted an older woman living there. Then, 12 days before the funeral, he was shot and killed, allegedly by the woman's son. Both men had police records. Um, In in the funeral message from the pastor, um, counseled young people not to resort to violence, but peaceful ways to settle their differences. His words evidently did not penetrate the minds of those present. As the crowd was exiting the church, two of the young men's friends got into an argument. They went to their cars, retrieved handguns, then began shooting at each other with one of them, um, with one of them in his car. They wounded each other fatally, so they both died. Two bystanders were also injured initially some people thought the killer was actually the 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 first shooter the killer of the person that died in the in the funeral um but uh it turns out it wasn't him it was just two other people um but they both died all right lessons learned i know that was quick but the lessons learned, is it's going to take us a little bit more time, because what I want to focus on is this, is something that all of our churches do face at some time or another, is when we have a high threat event. Now, a high threat event could be a funeral of you know potentially I mean, it didn't say in the article, but potentially gang members or whatever. There's some sort of controversy, some conflict going on there. It could be gang members, um, or it could be maybe you have a controversial speaker coming in. Or maybe your pastor is extremely high profile and been politicized and there's many enemies out there that would want to hurt them. But we're going to focus on those high threat events. And what do we do when we have one of these high threat events to minimize um, any sort of actor shooter or any other violence? Okay, so let's get into it. The fir- first thing and foremost is you need to call the police. And I'm not talking responding with emergency lights. I mean preparation. This is kind of your planning phase. Call the police and at minimum, let them know that, hey, we have this speaker. We have this kind of event and we suspect it's a high threat threat event. We need additional coverage during that time. On this date, from this time to this time, we're requesting extra patrols. Where, you know, we want you guys to know, if you have any advice that you want to give us, by all means, help us pull off this event in the safest way possible. If you have resources, if you have money, highly consider hiring off-duty police officer or off or police officers multiple to work the event if nothing else, to have a presence there of law enforcement to reduce any sort of, you know, that's kind of a crime prevention thing in itself, right? They see that squad car, um, they know police are on the grounds, that may deter them from committing a crime. The next thing you need to do is you need to plan for your safety posture. So we've talked about this a lot in our training. We've talked about this a lot on this program here. A safety posture at minimum is having the exterior doors locked and monitored. This is going to be a time where you want your safety team members at those doors with the greeters um, with a different mission. Their mission is to watch people coming in and, uh, and, and, and basically pro, not, I don't want to say that, um, looking for potential risk. But that safety posture, those exterior doors need to be locked. They can be held open to you know, bring people in, all that good stuff, but they need to be locked so you can easily shut them and lock any violence outside. Next thing, <clears throat> the safety posture is before the event, you're gonna wanna clear and lock every single office, classroom, closets, utility rooms. You want all of that stuff locked down because if somebody's wandering around for good or evil. We don't want them walking into classrooms, offices, where there's going to be opportunities for crime, either it's theft, vandalism, getting into things they shouldn't be into. We want all of those extra doors closed for these types of events. Um, Next thing, you want to make sure that you're reviewing your active shooter policy. So review the lockout and lockdown policy. You know, what are we... You know, what, you know, what do we do in case of these kind of emergencies? Make sure everybody's up to snuff and, and ready and it's fresh in their mind. The other thing that you need to consider that's a little different than maybe a normal event or normal service is cr- crowd control. You may have a lot of people there that are unfamiliar with your property. They're unfamiliar with, their, with the building. If you go into lockout or you go into lockdown, they're not going to know what to do where to go, how to act. So you have to kind of consider you have more guests than normal for this type of event. Weapons inspection. If you have armed safety team members, before the event comes, you're gonna wanna do a weapons inspection, making sure that those weapons are clean and functional, and they're ready for any sort of attack that may occur. Now you should be doing this on a regular basis anyway, but if you're in charge, you're the team leader, you need to be doing this especially for this kind of event. Make sure that they're ready to go. Next things, training records review. This is also a very good time to make sure that everybody on your team who's carrying um, is carrying um, wisely. That means they've shown proficiency with that weapon, that they are carrying it legally. That's obviously a no-brainer. And we wanna make sure that they have been properly trained. This is a good time to review those records and then you might have to ask somebody, hey, I'm not going to tell you that you can't carry a gun. I'm just going to tell you that you know, you you're going to be this is going to be your post because you're, you know, you're no longer, you know, qualified if you will for our team. Uh, communications check. Obviously, we well, want to make sure prior to the event that all our radios are working, that our backup communication, which is very likely your cell phones. Um, is working, that we have phone numbers, we have all that kind of stuff ready to go. The other thing that you need to consider is I don't work for them, but um, don't, the don't shoot me banners, if there is in fact an emergency, police are responding, it's a big event, you wanna make sure that your safety team people can be easily identified in under those type of situations. I like the yellow reflective safety banner, um, traffic vests work. We need something to give officers a pause um, before they shoot you. Um, and so, I mean, I, I laugh, but that's no joke. It's a real threat. Friendly fire is a real threat. Next thing is reviewing your less than lethal options with your team. If something happens during this event, when are we going to act? Now, it makes sense to me that we're definitely going to use those less, less lethal um, options for, like, protecting the staff, you know, self-defense. We're probably, um, but, you know, as we normally would. But the problem is, is this. Imagine if you have an all-out breakout of a fight. Now, we're talking multiple fights or multiple people in a huge group hitting each other and all that kind of stuff. Are we actually going to use uh, less lethal or defensive spray to break up the fight? I'm going to say probably not our job in that situation would maybe get bystanders out of the area someplace safe and we're calling police if it's a huge brawl between you know five, six, seven, eight, ten, twenty 10, 20 people we're probably not jumping into that because any action we do take could appear as if we're working for one side or the other which makes us a complete target for the other side now this is controversial you have to decide but personally if there's a big fight, multiple fights breaking out into the sanctuary or lobby or in the parking lot, I'm pulling my safety team back, I'm calling police, and I'm letting them break it up. And so I don't think we need to do that. Depending on the situation, maybe you will, but that's up to you. Next thing, monitoring cameras. If you have cameras, this is the time you definitely wanna make sure that somebody's monitoring those cameras and they have good communication with the team to make sure they can dispatch the team, call 911, all that kind of stuff. You gotta make sure their communication is great. If you have a lot of cameras, you wanna make sure, you might wanna have two people working up there. You know, too many monitors, let's be honest, how many TVs can you watch at once? Probably not many. And so if you have a lot of monitors, maybe get a second person up there. If you can't do that, or if you can or can it doesn't matter, Your big focus is going to be the exterior cameras. You want to be watching the parking lot. You want to be watching the perimeter of the building as closely as possible. Next thing, all hands on deck. This is the whole team. you got to get everybody that you can to get in there. You might even have to deputize some people, ushers or other people, to help you with all the things that you're going to have going on. The first thing, we kind of already talked about this a little bit, is our primary focus has to be the front doors and the lobby. And so our safety team members, now we're not handing out pamphlets and stuff like that, that's for the greeters, but we're watching those front doors, we're looking for signs of weapons. You know, are they printing? Can you tell that maybe they have a weapon? Do they show signs of extreme um, stress? Fidgety, sweating profusely, nervousness, that kind of thing. Um, or are they the other side of that? They're in the zone. They're very focused. They're walking. Their eyes are fixed. Their their um, you know their stance is very confident, and you can see that they're just they're they're definitely heading um, to a specific place for a specific activity, and it doesn't look good. During while we're working those doors, when in doubt. Lock the doors and call 911. So you're watching that parking lot. You see somebody. Maybe they're printing. Maybe they're sweating profuse. You know, profuse sweating. Maybe there's other signs that just send the red flags off. When in doubt, shut those doors that are already locked. Shut them. Call 911, and then figure out what you're going to do from there. Next thing covering the sanctuary. With the sanctuary, the safety team members in there, you want the best overwatch positions as possible. So you're not in the congregation, you're outside the congregation. Maybe you're along the walls, maybe you're on the back wall, maybe you're towards the stage. We wanna see people's faces, we wanna see their body language, we wanna see anything that might indicate that they might get violent. Um, Interior perimeter, We already talked about all those classrooms, offices being closed and locked down. We need somebody patrolling. Now, they're not outside the building. They're inside the building. They're checking. They're looking for exterior doors that have been propped open. They're looking for people that are wandering around the church, at which point they're being redirected to the sanctuary for the event. And we're looking for um, any classrooms that have been locked left open. Now, if you properly locked everything down, you shouldn't be finding anything unlocked. And so if you do find something unlocked or you find any signs of like it's been forced open or something to that effect, once again, we're calling police. Let them check out that suspicious situation. You don't want to send your team members in there where there could be a bad guy up to no good and you go in there and you're hurt. You want the police to take care of that. Um, Any signs of criminal activity, like I said, back off, call police. Next thing, patrolling the parking lot. This is a time you want to be out in the parking lot and you're patrolling it as a two-person team. And uh, just make sure, once again, you see any criminal activity, you see anything suspicious, you're backing off to the safety of the church that can go into lockdown or lockout and calling police, let them take care of it. And as I've said it a million times so far, at the first sign of trouble, you're calling 911 and going into lockout or lockdown. Call 911. Let the police handle these kind of situations. And then the final point is make sure that you reviewed your medical emergency response, your trauma, trauma, uh, mass trauma event. You want to make sure, hey, are we ready for this? If the worst thing does occur and after things are stable, you know, bad guys have been neutralized or they left the property, we're probably looking at providing first aid for a number of people. Do we have the proper materials, the training, and all that kind of stuff? So I know that was a lot of information very quickly, but this is, this is how I would prepare This is my recommendation for those high-threat events, how to prepare. And quite frankly, there's a lot more, right? The only way we could really come up with a complete comprehensive plan is by standing in your church and looking at it, considering the event, and making sure we're inspecting everything. But that's kind of on you. This is the outline. This is some basic ideas for things for you to consider and look at, and uh, hopefully you have a safe event. Other than that, um, before I let you go, I, I just want to let you know, you know, the academy runs, you know, all year round. I mean, we kind of skipped the, the summer, but the point is is this, is if you haven't enrolled in our academy, don't feel bad if it's in the middle of the, the quarter or what time of year it is, because you still get the same amount of time to get it all done. And so by all means, jump in there, get certified, get your church signed up, Get this training out to your team and staff and volunteers. And so that way, when you do have these kind of high threat event, you know, events going on, you you know, everyone's going to be kind of on the same sheet of music. And so everything I said, instead of sounding like I'm speaking a different language, it's a language that you and your team understand. So by all means, please get certified. It's going to help you a great deal. Other than that, thank you so much for being here today. Share this video like it, comment, all that good stuff. It tells, it tells me that this is worth doing and it tells Google that it's worth watching. So by all means, please do that. Other than that, hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.